Hello and welcome to Hunter Gathers, the podcast of Hunter S. Thompson Stories. I'm Curtis Robinson. I'm your host, and we're here at Gonzo Fest in Louisville, Kentucky. We're recording live from the event. If applause in the background, that's praise for us. If you hear booze, that's just background noise from the event. We're, I'm here with my producer and co-host, Christopher Tidmore, and ladies and gentlemen, you see the applause is already coming. As and come you can in. already see see how well I did that. That yeah. was really really nice, and it's appreciated. And we're joined by the most important people at this event. And I, I don't say that lightly because, frankly, the event would not have occurred without the three people sitting on this stage. And it's not Ron Whitehead as much as I love him. And the applause you heard a second ago also came for our first guest. That is Elizabeth Colon Nelson, who is one of the poets on. But Elizabeth has also been one of the key organizers and volunteers here, along with Kent Fielding and Ella Rentica. And... Uh, guys, thank you for joining us here on the program. I appreciate it. And we'll start off, Kent, we uh, had you on not so very long ago and asking whether this would be the very last of the uh, Gonzo Vest, Gonzo Vest 10. And you said, well, that's the rumor. And we had Ron on and he says, that is the absolute fact. So you've been involved on and off with this since the 1996 event, of which we got to plug. You're, you're working on the book, the interviews on that. Right. And uh, I'm going to ask all three of you the, the fact. Is Gonzo Fest dead? Kent? Dead? I mean, that's a, that's a big is, statement. Is Gonzo, will Gonzo Fest live again for an 11th edition? I hope so. I honestly hope so. Having worked with Ron since 92, on and off, he often says that something's the last and... Next thing you know, he's doing, I mean, we used to like do these insomniacathons that would last 24, 48, 72 hours. And after you get done with one, he would say, this is the last one ever. And then, you know, next year there's another one. He is a little bit older now and he's like, you know, I think the, the Gonzo Fest, there's a lot to it. And he has made a statement that this is, you know, over and over again, this is the last one and laughed. So who knows? But I think he does hope that someone picks it up. Speaking of someone hypothetically picking it up, Ella uh, Renegam, let's just say that Ron believes you once called you an utterly similar person to him, and you have, and I want to hear the story again about how you, you guys met, but you have been the intellectual mother of this entire place. You've collected the money, something he said he hated, so he put it all in you. You said you would volunteer, and you ended up running most of the events, so tell me, we're going to get into thoughts of how the weekend goes, but do you think you have been inspired enough since you are now a, a professional event clamor or about to be, have you inspired enough to do, uh, to do this insanity one more time? I would love to try to do it again. If not Gonzo Fest in particular, there is going to be a gap left in the Louisville community in terms of literary events. So I love the idea of putting something together with the same people and still paying homage to Hunter next summer. I definitely wouldn't rule that out completely. Elizabeth, I'm seeing you smiling here because you, you not only worked as hard as Ella did, you are, you are on the stage as a poet. And there are events, but there aren't that many events for poets to really have an event, have a form like this of 100 plus people in the audience. And so th th that's something that Ron's created that I think Hunter would have really approved of, and, unless Curtis disagrees, but also it's something kind of special to keep going. Yeah, this is phenomenal. This is like, this is power and, and people coming together, not just, you know, COVID really did a wonder and a, um, and really messed up poets and arts in general. We were so isolated and alone for so long. To gather again feels right. 
And, you know, as, as um, Ron keeps saying, this is the last one, this is the last one. Like, I see death as a renewal, so this might be an opportunity for something new to arise. And again, like, that's always possible. Ron seems really excited about the possibility of, of what's coming that's new. Go ahead. So, you two. Gonzo Fest next year. <laughs> I see the terror and the anticipation simultaneously. Ron, about what happens when someone else suggests you do the event. Yes. I would say that you he should talk to Ron stories. first. But now, yeah, I, will, no. I, will, I will be fair that my office was down from Douglas Brinkley's when he made this comment to Ron in 1996. And Doug said that to a lot of people. I think this is something you're called to do. I'd love to say it was an original comment, but well, Doug is probably going to go and kill me. But uh, he's like, myself. you're meant to do this. <laughs> that sounds you're like a so snake oil meant. salesman. Yeah. Christopher, a, you uh, were meant to buy the bookstore and lose all your money. No. I, I, that's what he told me. <laughs> I have. I myself have a, a. I'm really, really good at knowing what other people should do. So. I <laughs> all right. So, Hunter liked to keep it weird. Our T-shirts tell you that. How, tell me about the best weirdness of this event. Because it's always the organizers that see the weird stuff or the fun stuff or the stuff you don't expect. Ella, you've been running around. The only time you have to breathe is about now, now that the events come through. What has been the best weirdness? I have to think about that for a second. Can you come back to me? Of course. Elizabeth, you got anything? Yes. This morning, it, it was like torrential rain in Louisville. And I looked up in, the, in this like, corner of the ceiling and there was just like a stream of water just like strolling down and then I was like this has to be a sign from Hunter because it wasn't just like oh here's like a beautiful like waterfall on the wall it was like going into and sliding next to an electrical power outlet <laughs> I was like let's embrace the chaos <laughs> I was thinking torrential rains will people come oh they came they came <laughs> Kent, you gotta you gotta be pleased that uh, for tenth events and uh, with COVID all the comes this. I mean, it's not the nineteen ninety six event, but this was impressive to say the least, especially with the torrential rainstorm outside. <laughs> as far as rainstorms go, yeah, I guess it was impressive today. But yeah, it's it was a, it's a good event. I will not ever complain about a an event where you get hunter scholars together to talk or poets to perform. I mean, I think you know the community needs outlets, and then this is a great outlet for for Louisville. Are you ready, Ella? Well, there's been a number of weird things that have happened, um, not good or bad, but definitely just unexpected moments. Um, we had somebody get sick on stage. We had, um, yes, there was the torrential rain. We've had people who go up and they get on stage to read their poems and go in the microphone and just scream and hurt everybody's ears. Trust me, we heard that trying to do a podcast on the other yeah. side. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's Usually you can get the background noise out, but it's really tough when somebody's screaming. Music I can do, screaming at the top of their lungs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We also did have a mystery missing painting. Um, there was some art brought in for the event, and one of them at some point last night just disappeared, which is definitely weird, among many other things. Yeah. Well, You've you got to realize that you know, the, the, the ghosts are everywhere, and they like art. <laughs> All right, so let me ask you two. And um, so, Kent, you you were you were about their age when when you first got involved with this, Ron. Yeah, basically. And so you saw it. You were in their position back in 1996, and you guys are here now. What have you? What have? You, yeah, let me start with you, Elizabeth, and then go to Kent. Kent, what did you learn 
in 96 that you didn't expect? And then I want to ask the, two, the same question of Elizabeth and Ella. Go ahead. What did I learn from the event or learn about doing events? Or, uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the 96 event, uh, getting through it, I, I think there would be a lot of things that I would have done differently. Like, you know, one thing is I quickly realized that we did not have someone shooting the footage for ourselves. I mean, that's one big thing. The, the other thing is like, you know, I would have probably recorded it, you know, audio in some way. Um, audio is important. We've, we've, yeah, we've audio is important. Well, the thing podcast. is like just having that a recording that, that you, you know, you can, that is yours, that you can, you know, actually, or not yours, but like other, the events is, I think it's important just as far as archives. I mean, it's not archived anywhere. Like, you know, Ron and I's archives are at the University of Louisville. Like all the stuff we did is there. This event's not. I mean, except for maybe some some posters or broadsides or something. Whereas I did see quite a lot of recording at this event, Ella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there have been all kinds of people taking footage and a lot of documentation requested from Ron of us. It's much easier, you would think, now. And also, um, I think people just want to remember it and record their friends. Because you think about 96 and you think about that era, people hadn't been videotaped before. So when you started to video someone, it was an unusual experience uh, in, in, in 90s. I mean, every, people had video cameras, but, but they weren't used to just, hey, do you mind if I shoot this a bit? Whereas now, I mean, every, all of us have been, you know, there's, there's, there's phones. We've all been videotaped. We, that, that's not a, a, an odd experience for us. And then also, uh, but, you know, the... the you know, I look at the, the lineup from 96, and I'm like, boy, that's a lot of extremely high-profile public people. You know, they, it's not just them. It's their entire teams that are interested in controlling. Johnny uh, Depp, Mojo Dixon, so on. You know, probably, I found it interesting when the guy said earlier that, you know, I think Ron was saying that Johnny was the only one who paid his own way. <laughs> like, that sounds like Johnny. Not only paid his own way, but uh, the interesting thing is, like, when he found out that he was put up at the Brown, he first wanted to go across the street to Motel 6 because it was like, he thought it was like too elaborate until he found out that Hunter was there and then he actually, you know, stayed there. It was, it was, it was pretty an interesting, like, he was really, at the time, very down to earth and didn't want to overplay his, like, stardom. And so, I, let me just tell you, Ella, frankly, I, I, whether you realize it or not, Ron is kind of designating you to be his successor. So uh, just, just laughing with terror and also recognition of the truth of my statement. Oh, now it's out in the open. Now it's out there. Yeah. But the, the question I've, I'm, I'm sort of getting at this is there is something special about the group of people you've had here. And, the re- and I didn't understand it as much as I'm talking to them. And they, it, is, it was that when Margaret was wanted to do something in New Orleans about her book, and I said, oh, we'll figure something out. I'll come in my, oh, that's really nice of you, Margaret, because authors do not usually come out of their own pocket for things. She goes to every, she walks away for a second, and I said, oh, comes back and said, I've talked to Ron and uh, five others. They'll pay their own ways and come there if we can do something there. I, I, I guarantee you don't, you will not, you're, you're going into professional events planning. You've done a lot of events up to this point. You will not get many groups of people and authors and people said, hey, yeah, I'll pay for everything. I'll come just so we can get a gathering. I think that's the love of Hunter Thompson. And I want, I want you to talk. How is this different from the other events you've done before and ones you're doing professionally otherwise? Right. It's extremely, it's very freeform. And there is um, an energy of just love and appreciation for being here and everyone having this mutual understanding that this is an honor of something 
that is inspiring to all of us. And I think for that reason, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are times that I've needed to be stressed during the event and things to watch out for. I've been very impressed that you haven't murdered anybody. I've seen a couple of moments where I know the temptation, I, I know that look, and it's like, this person is going to be a bloody spot on the floor, or I need to breathe. I know, or I need to go like get some food. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think that there's this energy of us all sort of trusting each other and feeling like we know each other, even though we don't, um, because it's we're all here for the same reason, and that reason is a really special one, and it's one that's touched us all individually, but there's also something universal about it, about what we all find that we like about Hunter's work and about poetry and wanting to celebrate it together. Comic-Con with better writing and more interesting yeah. costumes. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Elizabeth, you're laughing at that, yeah. It, yeah. Much better posters. It, much, better, much better posters. All right, so, uh, Elizabeth, I'll turn this to you and then get Ella's opinion, we'll call it a day, because I know everybody's going to get going. But basically... Kent and Curtis knew Hunter very well. I mean, Curtis spent all the time in Kent. Whereas, you disagree? <laughs> yeah, you disagree? You had to drive him? You got to know him? You picked him up at the airport? I think anyone who drives Hunter in from the airport <laughs> knows him pretty well. I mean, you got him on stage, and you got him here early, which nobody else ever succeeded in doing. But well, that's, I, uh, that's quite the... I mean, you... <laughs> Look, I, you know, I did a lot of hunter events, and 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 getting him to the getting him to the church on time is no easy task. So yes, so I will not hear, hear you humble humble your way out of that. But I will ask the two of you. Basically, the, you know Hunter the way I know Hunter, which is to say that you know Hunter because effectively you read his words and you know the people who knew him. So I, you talk about the love and, and unity in the room, but also. Is it kind of interesting to be a secondhand? Tell me your feelings about being a secondhand recipient of Hunter Thompson from these people. I mean, it, 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 what did you learn? What do you feel? What did you experience, Elizabeth, at doing this? Because you weren't just coming to this thing. You were basically handling all these people throughout the whole weekend. It's powerful. It feels like a like a responsibility, like a like a cloak, you know, that like is being passed down, like a like an heirloom. Um, and I knew Hunter's work from, I was an English major, but also I lived in, uh, and worked in Vegas as a clown for a while. And so like, that's just in the milieu. So to be here in Louisville celebrating his work with other people who knew him and are continuing that process, it, it just feels like, like stepping in a cold stream and like, whoa, I want to make sure that this that this beautiful place, that, that this kind of gathering can continue. Because these stories are Americana. They're like, they're the heart and breadth of, of, of something weird, the old weird America. And it doesn't hurt that the high horse where we are looks like the eternal beat bar from 1965. And, um, and uh, you're hitting it as an author. You, the words inspire you. Ella, you're an author as well. And my, the question is, the words that inspired you, have the people inspired you? And how will you carry that forward? The words and the people have definitely inspired me. I agree with what Elizabeth said about this being the touchstone of a certain weird old American culture, but being here in person and meeting people who actually knew Hunter and people who live like Beats in their day-to-day -day lives and incorporate it into their lifestyle, not just their writing, it makes it much more real than it's ever been, even though I've been interested in it um, since high school, almost 10 years now. So going forward, I think I'm just a lot more inspired to think about how to put this in my writing and in my life. 
honor my sort of subjective voice and be focused on telling my truth rather than looking for, you know, getting anxious over finding the objective truth of any situation or reality, you know? It's definitely inspiring to look more inward. And finding truth even in the fiction. Guys, let's ask you that, and let, let me ask you this. How does this one rate? How, how, does, the, how does the last one rate to the other ones that you've been involved with? I know you've not been involved with all of them, but, but the ones you've seen. You know, this this is probably I don't know. It's it's pretty pretty important one, but ninety six probably first if you were gonna call that at a Gonzo Fest, but I don't know. I mean I think Ron would I think Ron would say probably the, the, the ones down in down the waterfront was probably the best, but I don't know. This is my first Gonzo Fest. But I can honestly say and I have no presumption to say this because like Ellen and Elizabeth, I didn't know Hunter. I just know him through his words and his friends. But I hear the descriptions of... He was at the 96 event. It was very much a tribute to him. So people came and tribute. The other event, the Gonzo Fest, or music in six or seven days, these overwhelming things. But Curtis, Kent, this seems like something Hunter would have enjoyed because it would be like hanging out with his friends. And it, and it, it and has a certain specialness to me. Unless you disagree. Curtis well, looks that's skeptical. A good, that's a good point. I mean, it, uh, yeah... You know, we, we did we did events that were, were hunter events, everything, you know, from I guess my favorite hunter event that I was ever involved with was a voter registration drive that we did and it was oh yeah, yeah, we got him up. I almost committed a felony because I was gonna give everyone a beer but they registered to vote. And it turns out that's a felony. I lived my entire life trying to avoid inadvertent felonies. It's harder than you than you would dream, you know, there's so many damn rules. And uh <laughs> Apparently, you can't pay people to register to vote. This is America. What happened to free enterprise? I'm like, and we were all, we were paying them. We we're just giving them a beer. It was a great idea, but then it, it, that failed. But but we we would pack a place, and then and then Hunter would talk. But it was always hell to get him there. And, and Kent, I, I think Kent, you had exactly this. It was hell to get him there, and and until you had him on stage. You didn't have him on stage. He will go out, and get in the car, and leave, and and you you know you, that that stress gets on you. And then, but, but once you got him with his friends, and that's the thing about '96 that's different. That's a big, smelly, star-studded event. But he was with his friends, and when you watch when you watch him there, if you know him very well, you're like, wow, that he's really having a good time. He is really relaxed. He's loving this. And and at the end of the day, you know. Um, what was the question? <laughs> um, I think you kind of answered it. Uh, yeah, as, as, I would ask it. Was that your experience? I mean, it was hell to get him there. And once you got him there, it's like kid kid in a toy store. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was it was hard getting him there because uh, one thing is like the when he went to the event. I mean, one get him to the hotel was wasn't a big wasn't a big deal except for we did get <laughs> we did get caught in traffic and he grabbed the back of the chair and was like why are you following this car who are you working for and you know and i looked in the rear view mirror and uh wayne ewan is in the back just like laughing um but once we got to the hotel that was one thing but then the the, the next night getting to the you probably don't want to get into this right now because these are, might be long stories um but yeah, once you got him to the once you got him to the stage, I mean, I think he had a great time, I and mean, he was backstage. You got him with yeah, his people. He was, he was fine. He was laughing. He was you know spraying everybody he could with that fire extinguisher. It was it was a great it was a great night. 
Ella, you see what you missed? You could have had somebody spraying everybody with a fire extinguisher. I would have just meant I would have tapped out mentally and joined the party at that point. <laughs> and I think that's actually, to some extent, how you guys get on. You have a great story about how you met Ron, and I, I want you to tell it briefly if you could. Yeah, for sure. Um, I met Ron because I decided on a whim to go see uh, a documentary called Outlaw Poet. Never heard of it, um, but those are two things I'm interested in. So I went, and he was talking in this documentary about synchronicity and the Tao Te Ching, which I had started reading that day. So that felt, it was a tremendous synchronicity. I was like, how interesting. Moved on, and then two days later, ran into him in the middle of the woods in Indiana on a trail as one does, in, uh, 200 miles away. Right, yeah, more likely to win the lottery than to run into him two days later, but that was great. He invited my friend and I to a workshop he was doing at Bellarmine um, that he was throwing with Lindsay Gargato, Bellarmine Goes Gonzo. We attended that and got to talking after, and at that point it was clear we were all going to be buds, and so we went and got coffee, and that was how he ended up inviting me to help with Gonzo Fest. Elizabeth, do you have a, a story quite as... Engaging? Yes. <laughs> Well, so Ella, Ron, and I all met at the same Outlaw Poet event at Actors Theater. And I work at Actors Theater, and I have a new baby. And Outlaw Poet was showing in this, like, midweek, and I was so exhausted. It was, like, the kind of exhaustion that only new parents know. My baby had been, like, teething and crying and screaming and nursing all night. And I was like, I don't want to go see this Hillbillies video. I don't care. I'm over it. But there was no one to work the front of house. And I was like, I, fine, I'm going and I'm leaving early. And in walks in this Ron, <laughs> this spirit guy totally, with his bedazzled braided beard. And I was like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Ron, I'm Ron Whitehead. And I was like, you are here at the exact moment. And so when we talk about synchronicity, I was supposed to be there. Ron was supposed to be there. Ella was supposed to be there. Um, I got to go and join Ron and Wang Ping on the, the bridge the next day and honor the Ohio River. And I was just like, you're it for me. I want to hang with you. Whatever you're doing, I want to be involved. That's also how I felt when I met Ron. I just was so excited to meet someone who was living their life so freely and was full of you know potent things to say. And I was really open to that. And it's made me a lot more open in my life since then. I think meeting him did change my life a lot. You know, when you have experiences like that, it changes your life, usually for the worse, because that you have to keep on keeping on their legacy. I <laughs> watch that. So, <laughs> so um, guys, am I looking at the coach? Am I looking at the chairs of of Gonzo Fest number eleven? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. If it's a place where friends gather to make music yes. and to like read some great art, then yeah. Yes. Well, whatever we can do to help, we'd love to do it, folks. Gonzo Fest is not dead. Oh, can't. <laughs> yeah, I will come back. He lives Gonzo just Fest north and, and west of here. Thousands he of loves it. Yeah, I will come back. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, any final thoughts? No, no, no. I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the work that you guys did to do this. I mean, we, we sort of come in and just poach, <laughs> poach your guests and uh, a little bit of your beer and, and, and other things. So we greatly appreciate it for having us peace love rock and roll <laughs> thank you all <laughs> i just want to say thank you for this podcast it's been a been a wonderful thing to listen to in alaska guys thank you so much and gonzo fest number 10 you may be a rap
But Gonzo Fest number 11, we're looking forward to it next summer. <laughs> and, and the two women look at, hit their heads against the wall at, at, at the end. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week. Southern gentleman hit the highway and gave us stories we could share of crooked schemes and shattered dreams of people everywhere. Road of whiskey screams and motel rooms where no one seemed to care. Road of deep, dark, secret places made us feel that we 